0: Get the the you you all niggas. Oh, you're mad. Bitches oh, you oh, oh, Kid Dirt, my brother. Color Blocks, British listeners, listening as you were focused. Everybody. Block paints remain in the Commissioner. And welcome. back. the To the five. <inaudible> tool. Fingers, icy slush, one
1: Podcast. With Seamus. The butcher, that's me. Black Josh. Yo. And. Killer Kyle
0: I flip we Namaste. If the seen a lot of those. it is another we just the Wu-Tang Rose. Wednesday. off the panasonic no
1: and you know what that means we're bumping Wu-Tang. and method man nation pure in any form and any form pure
0: dissect each line
1: feeling real all right, right here. <laughs> Let's hit it off. We're gonna start with some Brewers baseball news. The Brewers today sign back Nerd Power. Brewers picked up yep, Eric. Yep. Brewers picked up Eric Sogard on a one-year deal, four point five million dollars with an option for 2021. Uh, last year with the Jays and the Rays, he hit two ninety for 13 dingers, 40 RBIs in just 110 games. What do you guys think? Uh killer Kyle. Eric Sogar, what do you think of the move? Does can he wear contacts? Or does he have to wear glasses? No, people embrace that nerd power thing so much with it, I, which I thought was really kind as of As a name. fellow glasses wearer, like I appreciate it. You'd appreciate if he wore contacts? No, I
2: appreciate him wearing glasses. I'm just wondering if he can wear because I've had that question too, if I ever wanted to play baseball. I don't wear contacts, so can I get away with wearing glasses?
1: yeah, very, very few players do the glasses thing these days. But uh, I mean, it seems to work for him. Uh, Thirteen dingers, and he, he was never a home run hitter before he changed his launch angle and he figured out how to get long ball out there. I like him better than Hernan Perez. Hernan Perez. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Perez did his due diligence with the team. He played a lot of roles for us, and he was a very important utility player for the team. But it's definitely time we move on. He's a cubby now. Seamus, what do you think of the move?
3: I I I loved Sogard when he was here. I I dug the whole nerd thing. Um, I was a little upset to see him go. I do. I, I understand why they did it, but looking at what he did in the time since he left us, him coming back, I I like the pickup.
1: Um, Yeah, and and like you said, uh, the reason they got rid of him is his last his last year in Milwaukee in twenty eighteen. He in fifty five games he had two RBIs, and a one thirty four average. No no dingers. Black Josh, are, are you cool with this move? Do you, do you think it's worth bringing him back, or do you think he's going to be a curse on the team again? Uh,
4: I, th- I think he'll be all right. Right. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right.
1: Yeah, it seems like he's definitely improved on a lot of different areas, at least at the plate, than than the way he was hitting with the Brewers in that last season. I don't like the nerd power thing. I don't think he ever asked for that. I think people just thought he looked like a nerd and they like they called him a nerd. It was almost like he had he had no choice but to embrace it because they started marketing it. And I just—I don't know. I think just because a guy is, a guy wears glasses doesn't mean he should be labeled a nerd.
4: But that's just me. I think they—it's—it's it's fun for the fans. And he had the he had the whole look though. It wasn't just the glasses. The yeah, I, I suppose. He yeah. He had the entire nerd look.
1: I wonder if he is. The a only nerd thing
4: though. the only thing he was missing was the pocket protectors. <laughs>
2: Literally. <laughs> he sounds kind of nerdy, so like it, it works. Whatever. I mean. Will he be on the team all year? Probably not.
1: Right. You know. I hope not. And just for the, I mean, for $4.5 million, I kind of, maybe we trade him. But I'd love to see a guy like Urias or or one of the other, you know, our younger guys step up and and take that utility role or or take an infield role because, I mean, but it's good to have that depth if Arcee doesn't hit or if we have a hole at third base and we don't make any moves. It's it's good to have that depth with Eric Sogar because he can basically play any position in the infield, I believe. Fair enough. I mean well enough to, to get by.
4: What's his main position of well, second, right?
1: Yeah, it was, it was second base when he, he was. It was with us. we had him after Scooter. Yeah. Yeah, we did have him after Scooter and after VR.
4: And I don't think he was getting the playtime with us before we got rid of him.
1: No, and that a lot of that is cause he I think
4: that will help him if he gets regular.
1: I can't see him having a regular playtime position. No, neither, maybe, maybe third base, but I mean, you got we got our shortstops, um, we got our second baseman, and we got our second baseman. So I mean, it's almost like I hope we don't see too much of him. But at four point five million dollars, it, it seems like they have a plan for him. Um, that brings us to our next, our next signing uh, happened yesterday. Twenty-seven-year-old Ryan Healy. Um, we signed, spelled with an O. Spelled with an O. Stupid! I hate that. We were just tired. I cannot stand that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, Reese Hoskins is an A R H uh, Y S. Just kind of a silly, silly spelling like, of the name, but it's just the name. What's in the name? Um, I was doing some some digging on him, and you know his his numbers aren't great. He had a two thirty seven average and 169 plate appearances last or at bats last year. Seven home runs, 26 RBIs. Decent OPS at 744, but his career fielding percentage is a 978. That's pretty much tops for a third baseman. So maybe that's what Stearns is thinking, is this is a guy who can play the hot corner. Maybe he won't get you a lot of production to the plate. He, he is known to slug a little bit, but maybe maybe he's someone who can play well defensively if we don't make a bigger move at third base. Seamus, what do you think of the Healy deal? Healy-dealy. Ah. I didn't know who he was at first,
3: but I, like you, I did some research. And, yeah, his defensive numbers are pretty good. I think he would work either, at either corner. Um, now, I, I, I saw a rumor, and I know I mentioned this to all of you guys, the Hader and Kane for Arenado deal, you know, if that, if that thing's got any legs, you know, stick Healy at first base, and we got an infield that, it's gonna be damn tough to get anything through.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that a minute. There was mm-hmm. a report. Um, there wasn't really a source named, Am I correct in, in saying that, Seamus?
3: Yeah, I didn't see. It was it was on one of the local one of the Milwaukee talk channels. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which show was named, but it Shout was briefly fan, floated. Way. And like I said, I didn't I didn't see. See anything to show that this had any legs? But it was floated out there. Uh, Josh Hader and Low Kane for Nor-
4: Nolan Arenado.
1: I think that that would be amazing.
4: <laughs> what do you think, Josh? I'm I'm kind of torn. Torn? Tell I'm, us why. I'm kind of torn. I don't think we can replace Kane's defense in the center field with anybody that we currently have. Absolutely not. Unless he brought up Broxton, we know he's a good center fielder. It's the buddies. only thing Broxton's good for. True. And to get rid of to get rid of Hader and expect um, what's his face Canabel to to be able to step up into that role. I mean, Hayter has his, had his moments last season, but you can't expect to shut out every time. You know what I mean? He's
1: still the best reliever in the National yeah. League, I think, hands even down. With,
4: even with all his mishaps.
1: Even with with the with the long ball and people kind of seeming to figure him out, he still is the most dominant reliever in the National League. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't think if you have an opportunity to get a generational talent like, like Nolan Arenado, the best third baseman in baseball, hands down, I think you make that move. I don't care if it's $245 million left on the contract. I think you have to make that move. Killer Kill Kyle, what do you think? I When we were
2: talking about this, I... Kind of like it took me aback a little bit, but I, I if that deal is available, I say hell yeah, hell yeah, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) You gotta go, like that. We were looking at the lineup with Ronaldo in it, and you know, with the meteor lineup being Hira, Yelich, Braun, Ronaldo. Like, I mean, you just got you know, hitter after hitter, like, you're an instant contender. Granted, having Hater gone is gonna, would, would be a tragic blow to the bullpen, but look at what you're getting in return. I mean, you gotta, there's an old saying, you gotta, to make money, you gotta spend money, you know, and that's kind of, this is where we're at with this. If you want to get a guy like him, you gotta spend, you gotta give up. So
1: I don't know. Is our pitching good enough to work without Hader? Here's my thought: is this, this is sorry, Seamus, to cut you off. But I just want to say this quick before you go on. I think you score more runs than the other team. That's how you win the game. So I mean, you give up Hader but you got Yelich and Arenado and Hero, and you're, you're not wrong. You're probably gonna score more runs every game or most games than that. What do you? I mean, Seamus, tell me what you think.
3: Well, that was, that was actually what I was going to touch on, is if you get a lineup to include that caliber of hitter along with what we've already got in there, the, 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 the opportunities that are going to be required, the save opportunities that are going to be needed, have a potential to go way down. Yeah. So... Having having somebody like Kniebel, yeah, he's a little iffy. How he how he's going to bounce back? But if you're scoring runs hand over fist, and we were potent last year and the year before offensively, you add another bat like that, and like I said, your your runs per game go up. The need for closers and and you know lights out on the back end. As often go down,
1: it's sexy. Yeah, sexy's a good word. Sexy's a good word. Arenado, Yelich, here about it over 300 last year. Ryan Braun. You don't get to a uh, uh, suspect hitter till six or seven in that lineup. Like, that's a good top half, and it's more than a top half. That's like two thirds of your lineup that's that's crushing it. As long as they stay healthy, and that's always there. They got to stay healthy. So let's look at that lineup, but let's look at it as of today. Uh, Killa Kyle and I, before the show, we put together a, a, something that we think could be the the lineup if 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 we didn't make any more moves before the season starts, and it looks kind of like this: number one, Kane; number two, Hira; number three, Yelich; number four, Braun. We play we'd have him at first base. Number five, Abascal Garcia. In left field, Omar Navarre is number six. He bats lefty. Number seven, Urias. He bats righty. I would put him at third base. Eight, RC at shortstop. Uh, Black Josh, does that does that seem like what kind of what you would do if that was if that was your pick? If you were Craig Council, today was opening day. Is that kind of how you would go? Do you think that's fair?
4: Uh, with the current lineup, yeah. Yeah, and you I'm think, still not a fan of Braun at first base, no matter what. Okay. But obviously, if you have no other choice. Then
1: yeah. I think you almost gotta get Garcia in there just because of his slugging potential. Yep. You know, and it, it's not how Seamus, how confident would you be in putting that line on boat today against the Cubs opening day?
3: I honestly think that even though no not a lot you know, the the average fan isn't gonna know half of those names. I think that's a really solid lineup, given what we have to work with. As of, If we broke for camp right now, I'd be happy with that lineup.
1: It's, it's hard for me to say that, because we're missing... I know it's, it's the best I think we'd be able to come up with right now, but there's still, I mean, yeah, you're going to get production in those two spots, but it's not as good as last year. That's what kind of hurts. Like it's not as good of a lineup as last year. I mean, I, I'm sure you agree with me, Kyle, right? Right. Well, that, look at what happened. We we lost the wild card game with what we
2: had last year with Grondahl, with Mustakis, with everything else, and those two guys. The, it hurts. It really hurts yeah. not having them. Till we see something out of these guys, and we, but we don't. We don't know what half of that lineup is going to look like, and. We don't know if they're if they're done spending money, and I'm praying that they're not. Like it would be really nice to see a name, another name, a familiar name in that lineup. But I don't know. It is a digression from last year. Yeah, I think and it, that sucks. That that sucks, and it makes me a little. Cause is this gonna be enough to keep Yelich around? We were talking about this the last time. Like. You know, it's, if we keep falling behind, it, it's, that's going to play a part in Yelich's next move. That's an important distinction. Players go where they want to go. It's just like Giannis. I mean, you got to treat Yelich like Giannis on the Bucks. Like you got to keep that team competitive to, to help want that player to stay in a small market like Milwaukee when they're like superstar talent and can go anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to see Yelich go to the Yankees. It's a, yeah, it's a, oh god, no! <laughs> I mean, that'd be terrible. We might as well just go to the Yankees. You can't beat them, join them at this point. It, t- they just seem primed to win a series, but we won't he's, go there. He's
4: already got the clean face for it, though.
1: Oh uh, Yelich, I don't think he can grow a beard. I don't think he can. <laughs> it's a California, well, Derek Cole's a California guy too. Yeah, right? he's a little, wooly. he was wooly. He's he looks bad now. He's not. Yeah, as he does not. He looked like a man before, you know. He's
4: yeah. Not looking
1: he's too good anymore. And he doesn't even look happy. He about looks it like a sellout. Yeah, I don't. I don't think his wife's Although, happy. Well, his wife's very happy. I don't think she's happy about his face. Just say
3: real quick. I a handful of years ago, when they had they had Sabathia, they had Cheater, they picked up A Rod, they had Tashera. I mean, they overloaded. They spent spent. Spent, with that lineup and and those free agents. And what did those what did those Yankee teams do the last time they went on this big spending spree? They no. didn't do much. They won one title.
1: Yeah, oh nine. But and, and
3: they spent all of that money. Right now they've got they've got all of that money committed to Stanton. They picked up Derek Cole. They're they're making other moves.
1: Yeah, the Tanaka deal is expensive, too.
3: Talent does not equal chemistry.
1: It's true. It does not equal chemistry, but I feel like this is the first time that they've really... They've been building this pitching for a while now, and now I think they got their their final piece. Now they're overloaded in starting pitching. It's hard for me not to think the Yankees have to take it this year, at least go. It's hard for me to think otherwise. Oh,
3: well... Especially if the Sox move Mookie to, to the Dodgers,
1: that would that would break my heart. I'm not gonna lie. I
3: do not want to. I do not want to see Mookie Betts in Chavez Ravine.
1: I don't. I, I would love it if Mookie Betts would stay a, a Red Sox for the rest of his career, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. It looks like the Sox are primed to move him, and it looks like. Well, let's go back to that hater thing, though. Real quick, it sounds like now there's talk about Gavin Locks, the Kenosha boy, possibly coming to Milwaukee in a Josh Hader deal. What do you guys think of that one?
4: I don't don't want to see Hader going to the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. Would you like Gavin Locks, shortstop, good player?
4: No.
1: Youngblood? No. Kill Kyle?
4: Absolutely
2: not. I don't know anything about him. I, I really don't. And I don't... I don't. I think to to move Hater, it's gotta be. I mean, Hayter is, you know next to Yelich, one the the next big superstar in the group, you know. And you gotta get a good return in in exchange for Hater. I I don't want to see Hater go. He, he, even though he had that slump last year, and people you know people started figuring him out. We're hitting on him. He bounced back really good, minus the wild card game, but he's he's the king of the bullpen for the Brewers. you got to get somebody or some buddies in return that makes it work. I think you would need a second player
1: out of the Dodgers. Absolutely. Seamus, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, and the other thing is he plays short, right? Yeah. I mean, we we already have two. Sh- we have Arcia and Urias. Are we just going to have like a different shortstop every game, and you know, end in a big Broadway number? If we
2: send Hater, we will gladly send Arcia too. My, <laughs> this is my thing because I, think, cause I no. don't like the guy.
1: Yeah, well, you know, how we, we all know how Rob and me if butcher special. Hashtag Shepman. <laughs> It'll break my heart, I'm not going to lie. But I, I want what's best for the team first. As much as I love RC, I'd just like to see him succeed wherever he goes, honestly. But at that point, it wouldn't be worth keeping him. Irius is the younger talent. It'd be sad to, to see him go.
4: RC is not that old.
1: 24. Yeah, he's not old either. He's, no. he's still got his best years in front of him. I, I firmly believe him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I firmly believe I did, he will learn to hit, and he will not be a career minor leaguer. A lot of people disagree with me on the chat rooms. I'm looking at you diehards. You can die hard if for all I care. They really are something. They are was, something. Oh, good God. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Olson. I love you, man. Mark Olson, come on the show. Yeah. Send money. Be happy to have you. And Miller Park Minute. We love you. I got a, a tentative... Also, before we move on, uh, I put together what I think could possibly be the starting rotation, if if it started today. And I got everybody listening up. I got Woodruff number one, of course, yep. righty. I got Jeff Limblum number two, righty. I got Suter three, lefty. I got Freddie Peralta four, righty. And I put Eric Lauer. He was the other guy in that Zach Davies deal. He's a lefty, and I'm going to run off his numbers because we never got to around to talking to him last year. 53 games. I mean, sorry, career. 53 games, 14-17 and 17 record, 440, ERA with 238 strikeouts. He is a strikeout guy, and he is a lefty, and we need a, we need a second lefty, I think, in the rotation. Seamus, I want to know what you think about that rotation, quick.
3: Well, everything but your number five, I mean, yeah, he's a strikeout guy, but he, he gets lit up. You
0: know, if
3: they hit him, that ball's going a long way. If you look at his pitch his pitch arsenal, it's hard stuff, fast stuff. He really hasn't developed his off speed. So he'll get the strikeouts, but if they figure out his timing, my concern is that ball's going a long way. And then we're right back where we were last year.
4: Who are you talking about? Oh, okay.
1: Um I, yeah. that's that's the price you pay pitching in Millet Park either way, the ball I mean it's it typically I feel like if it's being pitched and it's hit hard it's it's gonna sail. I think it's a risky take, but I was looking pretty in depth at the the rotation and short of guys who are younger and kinda of too young to take on that role, I don't see anybody in there that's that you can put at number five right now. Any of you guys? I would think they
2: have to. they, They would. They gotta be exploring other pitchers. Still, I don't. I cannot settle with the fact that they're done picking up options, especially with the pitching, because they dealt so many pitchers already as it is, and they haven't really replenished
1: the arms. So I. It can't be done. I think they're sticking with the outgitter mentality. I really think that's just gonna happen. I think we're gonna see a lot of guys moving up and down. You know why? I mean it's as, as bad as that sounds, it's worked enough to get us the back to back
4: playoff appearances. My only concern with that wow. rotation is Peralta. I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. He has not proven he can handle that for an entire season. We yeah, we will have to talk Peralta more in depth
1: sometime. I have a lot of thoughts on Freddie Peralta, but I think they're grooming him to be... I think
4: they're going to put another year of trust in him. Huh. I'm, not, I'm not saying he doesn't have the potential, but currently, right now, he has not proven to me that he can handle that role in a full-time, you know, for, for the entire season. Yeah, we haven't seen enough consistency out of him. That's for damn
1: sure. Seamus, yeah. final thoughts on that potential rotation?
3: Well, my question is, I know that he wasn't protected, but did the Zach Brown ban go anywhere, or is he still in our system? He
1: did not go anywhere, but he had such a regression last year. He did have a bit of a regression in the minors. And, yeah, I know he's going to be groomed to be one of our guys. Who? Zach, Zach Brown. He never, he hasn't been up yet, but he is our number one pitching prospect in the minors. And no, he did stay. Nobody picked him up in the Rule 5, which is almost concerning, isn't it?
3: Well, I, yeah, it does surprise me a little bit, but I'm, it's, it's also kind of reassuring, too.
1: Yeah, it's reassuring because still work on him.
3: His ceiling is, I think, a pretty high one. Yeah, if he can if he can figure it out and put it together and bounce back, I think that's somebody that we've got waiting in the wings. That's gonna, you know. Maybe make, make an appearance or two come come like May or June.
1: I think definitely I mean he'll be in this in the call-ups but uh, if he's pitching well in the minors, I don't see what, why we wouldn't give him a chance. I agree with you. So with that, I think I give that potential lineup a, a B minus. I give that starting rotation that potential starting rotation maybe a C at best. Yeah, I I'm not happy starting the season with the roster we have today. No, not if we want to win no. anything, can no, we all no. agree
4: on that? Uh, yep, I think we'll agree on that. Jay? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, we need we need some yeah. we need to see some more moves, Stearns. We're looking at you, buddy. We trust you. We love you, but make it happen, bud. Come on, baby. Next, the Bucks got upset the other night without the help of Luka Doncic. The Mavs. One, I believe, one twenty to one sixteen over the Bucks. Is that right, Kyle? Yeah, it was. It was. It, they they made a comeback at the end, but they they never really. They led. were down ten plus for most of that game. I don't was, believe the Bucks ever had a real lead in the game. That not, not look good. It did not look good. It was a bad look. But luckily, hey, the Lakers lost last night, so it keeps the records even, twenty three and four. 24 and 4 24 and four coming into tomorrow nights big contest at the FF the Pfizer Forum LeBron Anthony Davis coming to town to face the bucks Kyle your thoughts can't wait um,
2: So social media I, I was reading comments on social media after the bucks loss and so many bucks fans were panicking almost like throwing in the towel. <laughs> Unbelievable. This team is 24-4. and <laughs> Best record in the NBA, and there are people throwing in the towel after they lost to the Mavs without Luka. Let's relax, right? Relax. Um, when, and we're going to have to talk about this another show down the road, because we're not going to have time, but um, the absence of Malcolm Brogdon. I really want to dive into like, what... What we're missing without Brogdon, which obviously, like I said, we have the best record in the league. Bucks are doing just fine without him. But I would rather have Malcolm Brogdon than Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton is a serious concern for me moving forward.
1: Really a concern. And on the Brogdon thing, I think maybe the fact that he's he's in a place where he has the, the room to shine, maybe that that's what's serving into his recent super success? I don't...
2: I don't know. I He was... He was really good last year until he got hurt. He has this like weird foot disease that he's been nursing. It's like plant... Plantar fasciitis? Yes. The Peyton Manning disease. Yes. Um, ever since he had that, he wasn't really the same with the box. but Chris Middleton, we were talking about this earlier, $180 million contract, and he hasn't... Really done much He's not a very good defender He was given that Contract for his shooting His shooting has been rather suspect All year I don't Malcolm Brogdon is a floor general The guy Has a very high basketball IQ He has a great shot as well And he's a really good defender He's the reason why the Bucks had such a good Defense last year I just think he's a better all around player than Middleton, and we gave Middleton a lot of money to stick around.
1: What if it was last year at this time? Did you have the same opinion, do you think? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of Middleton last year either because he didn't show up in the playoffs. Yeah. Middleton should have done more, especially in that Toronto Raptors series, but he didn't. Brogdon, Brogdon came in after the second round series off that injury, and it was like he didn't miss a beat. Hmm. They played really well. It's not a big... It's a good problem. It's a good problem. (laughs) Obviously, we're doing just fine either way. But I'm a Malcolm Brogdon fan, and that Indiana team is really scary. It'll be really interesting to see when we play them. I'd say
1: top three in the East. You got to go Bucks. Top four with the Pacers. Heat, Pacers. Where do you go Pacers over Heat?
2: No, I think the Heat are playing a little better. Barely.
1: There may be there's no like of a performing. there's a
2: lockjaw from like teams two to five in the East, with Philly, yeah, Philly. Boston, yeah. Miami and Indiana.
1: They all have very similar records, but after that, it, there's a huge drop off. So, yeah, I think Miami might be overplaying themselves right now, and that I mean the lack of experience is probably going to come to hurt them. But Indiana has some experience, and for sure, you got so much talent stacked up with with the, with Philly. They're gonna be.
2: Indiana's the real deal, but the Bucks are the bucks more are the real, real deal. deal. I mean, the
1: Bucks are, and I can't wait for tomorrow. Like, I yeah. that's gonna be one hell of a game. It's must see TV tomorrow on TNT with the Bucks and Lakers with LeBron coming to town. It's it's like candy for a sports. Anybody
2: want to buy us a ticket? They're
1: going for like six hundred bucks. Right. Yeah, so we'll take them. We'll we'll, we'll we'll take them for free. We'll take some tickets. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll, I'd like to hear some of your more thoughts on the Brogdon and Middleton thing in some future shows. We have some more stuff to get to. We'll have some. We'll, we'll have more Bucks talk as the season goes on, and we'll definitely be talking um, more about the Bucks as we go. We're going to move on to Packers and football talk. Uh, there's a lot of Pro Bowl snubs. Yes, there's a lot of Pro, Pro Bowl snubs. Seamus, give me your top... Three Pro Bowl snubs that you that you're kind of pissed that didn't make make the Pro Bowl this year.
3: Uh, honestly, I'm not sure who all made the Pro Bowl. I know the teams that I follow.
0: Um,
3: I would say, and I'm probably not alone in this. Aaron Jones and the Packers not making it is but kind of a head scratcher.
1: Absolutely ridiculous. He should be an MVP candidate, not just a Pro Bowler.
3: Um. Are our, our two boys on the corner on
1: defense? Those are the guys that's the three that I was going to say the Smiths and Aaron Jones. I hate to be a homer about the Packers, but yes, yes, one of those guys yeah, should have made Smith, it. The Smith twin,
3: at least one of the Smith twins should have made
4: it. Yeah, for sure. Because
3: I think it's Zedarius it or Preston whose numbers are better than Khalil Max
1: this year? Uh, Preston's, but I mean, it could be argued that Zedarius has been more of a factor too.
4: I think Zedarius has definitely been more of a factor.
1: They've both been just insane. I think Preston has the more, the more sacks this year. But I think I think Zedarius leads the league in quarterback hurries, too, which isn't a great stat. It should a, be a great It's stat not a stat I love. For his position. Yeah, for his position, it is a very important stat. And, yeah, uh, yeah, those are the main snubs that I think. I don't really want to get too much into Pro Bowl talk because I think it's the shittiest all-star game in all the sports. I think we all. It really game. is, but it's still.
3: It, yeah, I don't understand why they still play it.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's all money. money. It's all money. Yeah, it should just be instead of having the game, just have like you know, have all stars but don't have a game. Just give the guys an award. You know, you were one of the. An doctors.
3: all-star fashion show.
1: Yeah, an all-star fashion show because that's all it really is. I actually, <laughs> I happen to like the dropping the football out of the drone thing.
3: What?
4: I want like our
1: fashion
4: show. That would be hilarious. I, I haven't
3: have wa- watched Confession. I have not watched a Pro Bowl since they stopped r- routinely, annually holding it in Honolulu.
1: Yeah. Honolulu, we love you. Send us plane tickets. Send nudes. Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just quick, I real quickly, I want to, looking ahead to Minnesota, I just want to say these two stats because I really like them. Packers are 0-3 at U.S. Bank Stadium. And Kirk Cousins is 0-8 on Monday Night Football. So one of those streaks is going to be broken, and I think we all know what streak that's going to be. Well, both of them are going to be broken. Well, yeah, no. Cousins Minnesota's will be 0-9. Minnesota's been a better Bay. team on the road this year. Yeah. Green Bay's going to win that. Which no. brings us to game picks. we got to do this real quick. We're going to go around. Minnesota versus Green Bay. Seamus, who do you got? Packers. Packers. All four of us are picking Green Bay. Is
2: that right? Yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. Minnesota's got the spread in Vegas.
1: Yeah, they're they're at home and they are a very good team. Three and a half. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be disappointed in losing money on that. When I think the Green Green Bay is going to start playing out of their mind. I I made the foolish choice of picking the Bears last week, and now in the standings for us, I'm not looking so good anymore. Uh, Buffalo at New England. Uh, Kyle, who you got? Buffalo. Josh, who you got? (laughs) I got New England. Seamus, who you got? Obviously.
2: I got the Pats. Pats. Um, Tom Brady has been exposed, Seamus. I'm sorry. I know he's Tom Brady, but that offense has been exposed. Everybody has him figured out lately. and No one's figured out just, the defense.
3: Wait.
2: Bill's just defense wait. is going to just make a mockery of Tom Brady on but Saturday. I, but
1: there's no way the Bill's defense the Bills is going to do anything against New England's defense.
3: Division title getting won hot. this
1: Sunday. Yep, division title this Sunday for the East. I loved to hear that. I think you did. Dallas at Philly. Kill a Kyle, who you got? Oh, Philly. Dallas sucks. Black Josh, who you got?
4: Uh, I got the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I picked the Cowboys last week. They helped me out. I'm picking them again. I think Philly sucks. And I think Dallas is actually going to go on a run as much as I hate them. I hope not. They might run the table. And then we got we were doing a fun game just because there wasn't really a great third game. I don't want to do Rams versus Niners because I think we'd all pick the Niners. So the last game I'm doing the three eleven Giants versus the three eleven Redskins. I got the Giants. Killer Kyle, who you got? Toilet bowl. Oh, um, toilet bowl. Yeah, I took Washington just because
2: Dwayne Haskins. I, I who cares? Yeah, um, who cares? I
4: mean, oh, <laughs> Black Josh, who you got? Uh, I also took the Giants. Alright And Sheamus Wait Uh
1: Yeah I never gave I never took Your Dallas Philly pick
3: Oh uh I picked Vince Lombardi High School Out of Newark, New Jersey To win that game
1: Wow He took Wow Very nice Uh Sorry Dallas and Philly Who you got Uh Philly Uh, Yeah okay I don't don't think I wrote that down If you said it The Eggles Alright You're ready to make It'll be an interesting. And with the,
3: Washi- with the Washington, what was it, Washington and the Giants? Yeah. Uh, I feel dirty saying, saying it, but I'm going <laughs> Giants.
2: You got excited, <laughs> didn't you?
3: <laughs>
2: He's swearing about it over there.
1: And,
3: and, I, and I'll pick if, if you want to set Niners Rams. I'm going with the Rams on that game. Really?
1: In forty in San Francisco? Oh yeah. To celebrate every no way. Yeah. Yeah. NFL and NFL all right, that all right. I don't, I don't see it happening. But hey, it'll be a good football weekend. We got Saturday yeah, games. nobody's,
3: nobody saw the Falcons beating the Niners either.
1: Well, that was that beating them, or was that a lot of luck and good circumstance?
0: That's
3: all it takes. Any given Sunday, we all know that. Any given Sunday, that's right.
1: Jamie Fox. That brings us people. We're bringing back the big topic. We're going to dive deep. This is something we're going to be bringing back. Uh, Seamus and I did it early on in the show, in the show's history, and we're going to bring it back. because We like to touch on some bigger topics and some stuff we're a little more passionate about, some stuff that's a little bigger than sports. And there was a, a circumstance this week that I really kind of wanted to get everybody's thoughts on and to really dive into to, to get a grasp at, at, at to what you guys are thinking I've heard a lot of what the media is saying. I've, I've seen a lot of what the comments online are saying. And I, I want to get your guys' your, your thoughts, and I want to also give you guys my take on it. Josh Gordon was cut by the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, he was cut from the team due to, they said, performance-enhancing substances, as well as other six time in his career. In his short career, he's basically been suspended more than he's been... Active in the NFL, and this could be honestly the last time. This could be the last straw for him. We might be seeing him playing for Vince Lombardi. I mean, Vince McMahon this this January. (laughs) That would be something. Vince Lombardi would be. He might be in the XFL or something else after the season. Maybe him and Antonio Brown will start a business. I don't know. But I want to I want to dive into it because Josh Gordon had such an amazing 2013. In 14 games, he had. 1,646 yards, 87 receptions, 18.9 average. His long was 95, and he had 20 touchdowns. Absolutely incredible. He's one of the best. He had the single best season by a receiver that I've ever seen in my entire life. So let's dive deep on this. I'm going to do a a timeline, and I'd like to comment as we go along. And I want to hear some comments from you guys as we go along on the Josh Gordon timeline. So 2010... Before he even went to college, he was on probation for, for drugs. Um, he elected to go to Baylor because he was on probation and he couldn't leave the state of Texas. Otherwise, he could have gone to just about any number of colleges. I mean, he could have, he could have taken his pick. He could have been in Alabama. He could have been at LSU. He could have been at one of the big schools. But he, he was kind of forced to, to stay in his home state of Texas and not really take a chance on himself because he it already started before he was an 18-year-old. Um, in 2011, our Bryles suspended Gordon indefinitely when he was at Baylor for a, for a drug test for, for marijuana, for petty marijuana. Marijuana! Yeah, for marijuana, of all things. And so th- that August, he transferred to Utah State, um, and he sat the entire 2011 season, and, and he didn't play in the 2011 NFL season because he declared for the draft too late. So, so such early on, so early on in this guy's career, before he was even even an NFL player, he was, he was screwing around. This, this, to me, shows signs of something deeper than just just substance abuse problems. I mean, there, there's got to be something to it. After that, he likely would have been a first-rounder, but because of off-field issues, um, he, he fell to, to the second round of the draft. In his first year as a Cleveland Brown, he had 50 receptions, 805 yards, 5 touchdowns. He was one of, the, one of the better rookie seasons we've seen from a receiver. Um, in 20, June 2013, the NFL suspended Gordon the first two games of this 2013 season for violating the substance abuse policy for pot. For pot. It's a trend. It's, it's a trend. There's, a trend. There's a trend forming. And, but then in 14 games, that 14-game span was better than anything Jerry Rice had ever done. It was better than yep. Ra- Randy Moss had ever done. It was better than anything Antonio Brown had ever done in a 14-game span. He had one of the greatest rece- seasons by a receiver ever. What do you guys remember about that season? Anything. I'm Josh. on Which year, Golden. 2013? Yeah, 2013 season, 1,600 yards. Oh,
2: he blew up. I mean, he became a household name, at least to even the casual fan, um, on a team that didn't have any offense. I mean, the, the Browns have had, like, nine straight losing seasons. Yeah. They've been terrible, but he was the, the one and only bright spot on a terrible team. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, he became oh, yeah.
2: known in 2013 for sure.
1: Yeah. That was the
3: year Flash Gordon
1: was born. Yes. Yeah, that's where the nickname was adopted. And, and he had Brandon Whedon throwing to him.
4: <laughs>
1: Does anybody remember
4: Brandon Whedon? Other than <laughs> I don't remember the name.
1: <laughs> Randy was a 28-year-old rookie. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's bad. So that gives you a little context. I mean, you have garbage thrown at you on a garbage team and a garbage city for football, and, and he put up better numbers than oh. we'd ever seen. Sorry, Cleveland. I
3: wouldn't call Cleveland a garbage city for football. They're fucking loyal.
1: Yeah, they're loyal. Yeah, you got to give them that. They're
3: they just loyal. haven't had anything to be proud of, but they're still loyal.
1: Yeah, Baker, we're looking at you, bud. Get it together. So then... then Stop throwing house parties at the stadium. Yes. and it's Enough of the commercials. Why did you do so many commercials? You should have been working on the playbook and throwing to Odell Beckham. That's on Beckham too, but moving on. So following that amazing 2013 breakout year by Flash Gordon, in July 2014, Gordon was arrested for driving while impaired in North Carolina. Um, from August to December of 2014, then he was suspended for 10 games of the 2014 20- 14 season and he was reinstated in november then suspended by the browns for the last game of the season for violating their team rules so that doesn't count as an nfl suspension but that is another suspension on his record that's up to three now
4: what rule did he violate
1: they didn't say but they, they said that he was violating team rules so that that could be anything from behavior issues to substance abuse issues, curfews, curfews. Yeah, I mean, who knows? So I don't. Really, I'm not going to put that into the drug suspension category, but there's something going on that even the team didn't like. So in 2014, he finished with only playing five games, 24 receptions, 303 yards. Still not bad for 24 receptions. Um, in 2015, he was suspended for the entire season for violating the substance abuse policy, and I think that was in conjunction with the. Driving the uh, driving while impaired.
2: And at that time it was uh, it was a pretty big bummer that he wasn't playing because people had gotten to see what kind of player he was and how good he was. And then he disappeared.
1: And he disappeared. So that, that became two more seasons where we're all sitting here wondering where this greatness is. Why can't he Pull it together to to be the great the great player we all know he is surely capable and naturally gifted enough to be. Brings us to 2016. He applied for reinstatement. His request is, was denied in March for another failed drug test. July reinstated, but suspended for the first four games of the season. In September of 2016, one week away from being restate, reinstated, that's when he left. He quit and said he had to go to rehab. I mean.
2: He did. It was like he was trying to get in front of his addiction at that point and like try to show and prove to people that he was getting help for his addiction.
1: It makes you wonder if the team was kind of covering up something that was already there. And yeah, like you said, he was trying to get ahead of the punishments. 2017 in March, he applied for reinstatement and was denied. November, he was reinstated, but not until week 13. That brings us to 2018. He played week one and then the Browns cut him for violating team trust. Uh, he, he And he injured his leg On an off-field event He went to New England And On December 20th He stepped away to work on mental health Second time he left on his own accord But he still received a Super Bowl ring No, and, he did
2: I don't think he did
1: According to the stuff I was reading yes, he, he, did. he actually, did he? He did for the few Yep For his early on contributions I didn't know that big, big surprise That he would um, get a ring I don't know if he should have I don't think he necessarily should have But they must have Maybe they thought it would help him I don't know Maybe it's enabling Who knows And then 2019 In August he The NFL reinstated him And then he was weighed by the Patriots On October 31st November 1st The next day He was picked up by Seattle And then on the 16th He was suspended indefinitely And suspended indefinitely Guys This is one of the great talents We've seen at the wide receiver position is he just being an idiot? What's going on here? I want to hear some thoughts.
3: Well, I think the, the twenty sixteen incident where he stepped the first time he stepped away, I think part of that might have been you know, the Browns the Browns had dealt with Johnny football.
0: Right. You know, the
3: whole man's out bullshit. And I think to avoid the potential of having to go through that kind of thing, I think that was what may have prompted the 2016 exodus. And I think he was i think he was serious about wanting to get himself all figured out. But I also agree with you, Butch, about this is, there's an underlying issue here. To have so many instances in Nine years when you see glimpses of the greatness I don't think it's just that he is a chronic pothead because think about Mark Tauscher
1: (laughs) good point Mark Tauscher was the biggest
3: pothead that ever played in Green Bay
1: (laughs) except maybe the Smiths
3: (laughs) and I mean Tauscher never let his weed use get out of control. So I don't think you can just put it on all of this stuff is because Flash Gordon's a pothead. I think there is something else going on. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I don't know if anybody's really going to take the time to find out what it is. I hope they do. I hope that there's somebody in his circle that is seeing this and going there's more to this than what what you're giving everybody here to look at let's really dive into this
2: well here's the but, thing i don't mean to cut you off so everybody's wired no, go ahead. everybody's wired differently and you know as a as an addict to myself like i I, you know, I know a lot about this topic, and, um, for, first, first thing is, it, it, with Josh Gordon, it could be just a weed thing, it it very well could be, it could be that he has to get high before everything he does in his day, because you can't compare him to Mark Tauscher, it's apples to oranges, like, they might have the common denominator of weed, but... Everybody you know that's just like having two um, heroin addicts sitting in a room one could do more heroin than the other, and one's life could be a managing heroin addict lifestyle another is just completely unmanageable but um, nonetheless he he's an addict josh Gordon's an addict in in one shape or another and We know, you know, as addicts, um, we know that sometimes it takes hundreds of times to fall before we get up and say, I'm ready to move on, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to really curb this, and it sucks because addiction will, will, will find anybody, rich, poor, fat, skinny, gay, straight, doesn't matter. Um, addiction will hit anybody and, you know, I just just think he's an addict that that really needs to hit rock bottom, and I don't know if he's hit his rock bottom yet. Fortunately, probably not. Sure.
4: So my thoughts, I guess, are, first and foremost, you can't be addicted to weed. That's my first thought. It's only mentally addicting, not physically. And... I can say that because I've definitely smoked my fair share of pot and I've been able to just stop like that because just for whatever reason and that's without a big contract on and that's without anything on the line that was just it wasn't doing it for me anymore whatever the case may be maybe I just wanted to lower my tolerance so I could get higher again I don't know, whatever but as far as I'm concerned weed is not Physically addicting. It's only mentally addicting. And with that being said, I think it's all bullshit that that's even considered a substance that they can't fucking do anyways. I agree. If It's one thing if you're getting high at the game, during the game, or right before the game. That's one thing. Or if it's hurting the team, even. But I don't think it was. But if you're out and about on your days off, or even not, you know, after... After your practices or after your team meetings or all that shit, and you want to sit down and you want to fucking smoke a joint, sit your ass down, smoke a joint, watch some TV, laugh your ass off, pass out. That's all that's, all that's going to happen. Why is that a big deal? Why right. does that matter to anybody?
2: Right. That in itself,
4: it, it's not. It's,
2: it's really not a big deal. But whatever he's doing is affecting his play on the
4: field. It's affecting his job. Because he can't hold a job. Well, but <laughs> you, you but know. he's only not holding a job because they're holding that against him. So how can you say that that's affecting his job if really it's not? Well, because, because he stepped can't... away a couple times because of his addiction. Or maybe he just stepped away because he knew he was going to fail another drug test and they were just going to suspend him anyway. So instead of getting another suspension on his record, he says, you know what, I'm going to step back before you fuckers suspend me again for something this stupid. They have... They have claimed that there were other drugs
2: involved. I, I don't think it's 100% weed. They did talk about some performance-enhancing drugs. On this last one only.
4: The only one I've seen was this last one. I'm pretty sure... I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about anything other than weed with him. If if
2: it is all 100% weed, it's, it's a shame that... It's a big this, shame is a reoccurring theme. But why would New England cut him? You know, like, that's, that's where I'm hung up on. Like, players go to... When, when veteran players go to New England, they usually go there because of the structure, the discipline, you know, the way that organization is ran. And if you can't make it there, where are you going to make it? That's yeah. kind of like the mentality. So what really
1: happened there? Do we know the whole story? We don't, and I've heard rumblings about... uh possible codeine. And a lot of these cases, I mean, it, it did say marijuana. In other cases, it doesn't say exactly what the drug in question was. Here's... here's well, and, a, and, and, go ahead. Butch,
3: you and I talked about this. Sorry. Um, you know, we talked about this when, when Gordon got cut from New England. You know, the, the first question you asked me was what does Belichick know that nobody else knows.
2: Right. That, that's because a, that's it. at
3: that oh, point, oh. at that point, he had been out for turf toe.
1: Yeah, he was already sitting. And but
3: he I've... had got, well, he 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 had been out for turf toe. He had gotten a clean bill of health, and he was due to come back at the same. You know, he was going to be playing his first game back. The same, the same game that was going to be Antonio Brown's first game in a Patriots uniform, and the next thing we know, Brown got signed and Gordon got cut. Right. And you asked me what you know? What does Belichick know that no one knows? And I, I, I didn't have an answer because I hadn't heard anything. It was an absolute shock to me that he got released. By New England. Because when he got signed by New England, you and I spoke about that. And we thought he's finally going to be in an environment with an organization that's not going to put up with any shit. They're going to make sure he gets the help he needs. And he's going to he's gonna be the Josh Gordon that everybody thought he could be. Yeah. And now we're here. I don't know what happened.
1: I don't know either. And what was interesting about that is when he was cut on Twitter. I remember that the New England Patriots tweeted out that Josh Gordon was cut by the team. And then he made a post that said, or no, they put the, him on the injured list. And then he made a post that said, that's news to me. That's when I, that's when I had said, I was like, I think, I think Belichick knows something we don't know. I'm going to give my quick take on this. Real quick,
2: weed is a mind-altering substance. Correct. It is. And, and, but it, it, it is a drug that people do seek help for. I mean, we've seen it. But it, same with alcohol, and they're all allowed to drink. Alcohol, you, you're right. When, where is the fine line for drugs? You know, is, you know, and we could go on and, and on about that debate, too. Yeah, alcohol is socially acceptable. Weed is starting to become socially acceptable, but still isn't. In a lot of circles, correct. And then you know, obviously, drugs, one, yeah. heroin, cocaine—that's not acceptable to anybody's standards. So it's a, it's a, it's a problem,
1: you know. It, yeah,
2: it, it, it's, it's a, a problem. It's
1: a problem when it is made a problem, though, because if you can't deny the fact that if you take away the NFL's substance policy on marijuana, if you take that away, then. Then Josh, and Josh Gordon not, has a job. Right? Then he's, then he has a job, and he's suspended maybe twice, twice instead of six times total, which is absolutely crazy to me. Because if you if you have the same policy that like MLB just adopted for marijuana, Josh Gordon's not suspended at all. He doesn't have the stigmas against him, and then he does maybe doesn't have to seek the help. Perhaps I mean maybe he does need it, but he would have had a, perhaps a better career if in fact that. He never got suspended would be, for weed.
2: It would be really interesting to see, like, a 60 minutes type interview with Josh Gordon. Somebody do a real one on one for an extended period of time yeah. to kind of get into the mind and the psyche of a, of, a, of a human being like him to why he keeps stumbling when he's got all the talent, all the skills, and one of the
1: best jobs, you know, Keep rolling. you could have. So, yeah. Um,. There was, a, there was an SI piece, I think, around 2016, one of the times he stepped away, where he did say like he definitely felt like he, he needed to, to get himself under control, but how much of that was just for publicity? How much of that was him getting ahead of it? Kyle, I agree with you, too. I'm, I'm, I've also had my substance abuse issues in the past. I've been sober for quite a while, but there was times when I felt like I was dependent on marijuana. And it's definitely, it's definitely a thing that a lot of people do struggle with in, in real life, is marijuana. But had the policies been different, we're looking at a different career from Josh Gordon. He probably still has a job now, I mean, short of the PEDs, but maybe, maybe he never would have went to the codeine or went to the PEDs because he'd have a great career. He wouldn't be so de- depressed. He's got to be depressed. There's no way he's happy with himself. So there's got to be something that lies deeper than just the weed. And it's really unfortunate. And I feel bad for Josh Gordon. I know a lot of people out there don't. But it's, it's easy to say... It's easy to... it's easy to, Hindsight's 2020. 20 It's easy to say, man, if I was making the kind of money like him, well, I wouldn't screw it up. Well, right. we're not right. making that kind of money. We don't have the issues he has. Money doesn't make doesn't make everything better, and he's had all of that at his disposal and all the success at his disposal, and, it's, and he's still struggled. And we've seen celebrities die from it that we look up to. I mean, Robin Williams killed himself. He had everything. Do we look at Robin Williams and say, oh, what are you doing? With your, you know, what's wrong with you? It, 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 it takes a lot of empathy and, pers- and perspective to look at these guys as human beings. But in the end of the, at the end of the day, they're human beings, just like us, and they deal with everyday struggles just like us. Does anybody have anything else they want to say? we got a minute left. I'm
2: good. I, wonder if I, I, just, I
3: just hope he figures it out and he ends up getting the help he needs because he's, he's too much of a talent to just get flushed down the toilet and get swept under the rug and to be, be a, a side note in yeah. sports.
2: CTE is a real thing too um, and, and that hits early with some players it was Yesterday was the 10 year anniversary of Chris Henry's death Receiver from the Bengals Who was involved in a domestic dispute With his wife or girlfriend Fell off her truck Died Another receiver that had phenomenal talent Died at 26 They later found out he had CTE yeah. So I mean That's a real thing And a lot of players have been dealing with that too
1: yeah, it's real life. They're they're people too. Everybody, we love you. Five tools out.
2: Big Daddy Kane.